0: Good morning and welcome to the worship service of First Baptist Church, Jefferson City, Missouri. I'm Doyle Sager and it is my pleasure to welcome you to our online worship on this Independence Day weekend as we celebrate a risen Savior, as we consider the privileges of being together even though we're separate, as we worship the living God. Would you pray with me please? Our loving and merciful Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you in spirit and truth. We thank you for your love that always reaches down to us, a love that never gives up. May we experience the wind of your Holy Spirit blowing through our lives, through our nation today. And we offer our prayer with expectation in the name of Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Amen. This morning's scripture is from the 33rd Psalm. I'll be reading verses 4 through 12. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all their host by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea as in a bottle He put the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of His heart to all generations. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God." You know when I have a birthday I always like to take some time and think about God's blessings, to think about God's favor on my life, to think about all of the good things And it's always a a rich celebration for me. But I also, on my birthday, try to carve out just a little bit of time to think about what could be better in my life, what could be different in my life. In other words, how I could improve. And it seems to me that when we have a national birthday, we should practice the same way. We should pause today to think about all of God's goodness and all of the blessings and the privileges of living in this nation. But we also should take time and ask ourselves, how could it be better? How could it be more? To think about how we could improve the life of our country. I really believe that our nation is hurting right now. We're in pain. COVID 19 is wreaking havoc physically and mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Unemployment is uh, always a challenge. The problem of adequate housing, poverty, racial inequities, food insecurity, political strife, and a toxic atmosphere that has us fearing or attacking people who see the world differently than we do. We are a nation in pain. And so as we think about how we could improve, how we could grow on this birthday of our country, uh, what would we use as a yardstick? How would we measure to make sure we were improving the right things and working on the right stuff? Well, the answer is pretty simple, and it's really right here in our text from Psalm 33. The answer is, the best measuring stick for any nation is the character of God. The character of God. Because verse 5 says that God loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of His steadfast love. God loves righteousness and justice. Those two words, righteousness and justice, are often coupled in Scripture. They often appear together and they're full of meaning because what they're really talking about is God's will. Righteousness and justice are God's will for our world. They are God's will for your life. My life. They are God's will for Jefferson City. They are God's will for all of us. Now, We make a mistake when we take the word righteousness and always make it only about personal piety and a private kind of uh, holiness. You know the old saying uh, that Baptists used to quote, I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't run with girls who do. Or you could say, I don't run with boys who do. That, That idea that there are just a few of those naughty things that, uh, that I will avoid and, and that will take care of righteousness. That's really not biblical. Righteousness and justice in scripture are much broader and deeper. They're about the moral fabric of society. Righteousness and justice are about restoring right relationships, rebuilding community, and that's a calling on each of our lives. And so, we need to hear this scripture from the 33rd Psalm that is a solemn warning to never let an empty private piety take the place of genuine obedience to a God who loves righteousness and justice. God loves righteousness and justice. Now, as we think about that, uh, we... we try to find ways of applying that. I I remember a a great church sign I saw one time, and it simply said, justice is love distributed. Justice is not something that just happens uh, in our head, uh, not just something that happens in our writing or Sunday school lessons or in our good intentions, but justice is love that is distributed. And I would add justice is love distributed fairly and evenly and equally for all of God's people. As I was preparing for this message, uh, I remembered uh, as a boy in school, probably seventh or eighth grade, maybe freshman year of high school, we were called upon to memorize the preamble to the United States Constitution. Now, I can't get very far these days, but I think I made it part of the way through it as a boy. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, the implication that the founders uh, left for us is that we are constantly working on making it more perfect. We never arrive as righteousness and justice are the measuring sticks. We're always working toward justice. We're never done with that cause. Now, here's another fascinating thing about the preamble to the US Constitution. It says, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union and establish justice. I'd almost forgotten that that was the very next phrase. Even our founders understood that there's something about the moral fabric of a nation that calls for justice. God loves righteousness and justice. But this scripture is about more than just one country. Uh, the, The context, of course, is the tiny nation Israel, but God's chosen people. But as you read on in the 33rd Psalm, you realize God is not just Lord over Israel. He's Lord of all the nations. He's sovereign above all the countries of the world and all the peoples of the world. The message has a great translation of uh, verse 10 of Psalm 33. God takes the wind out of our pretensions and shoots down the world's power schemes. What a powerful word and a reminder that God is sovereign. Nations may plan and plot, but there is nothing that's outside the reach of the sovereign God. Every political scheme is within the reach of the sovereign God and the crucified risen Savior. A global pandemic is within the reach of a sovereign God and a crucified, risen Savior. Any social ill, any political ill, economic crisis, they are all within the reach of the sovereign God and the crucified, risen Savior. Every army that marches, every plan that is made is within the reach of the sovereign God and the crucified, risen Savior. God is Lord above all the nations. And you see this this way that the psalmist takes the traditional understanding of power and might, and he actually takes it and flips it on its head and, and turns it upside down. Because in verses 16 and 17, though we did not read that far in the text. Scripture says the king is not saved by his mighty army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a vain hope for victory. And by its great might, it cannot save. Just as the cross of Christ took the traditional understanding of power and might and force... And flipped it on its head. So God is declaring in this 33rd Psalm. On the cross, Jesus in weakness became the conquering Messiah. God always works through weakness. And God is always sovereign over the nations. I'll let you in on a little secret. In my office here at the church, in my desk, there is a drawer. And in that drawer, I keep a stress ball. Now, why in the world would a pastor of a church need a stress ball uh, considering the last four months? Go figure. Uh, Maybe it's there just in case, right? But nevertheless, it's there. And what I love about this stress ball is that it's not just a stress ball. It's a It's a miniature globe. The nations of the world are are pictured on it. And sometimes I just pick that up and I hold it in my hands and I think about the sovereign God above all the nations of the world. I think about that great spiritual. He's got the whole world in his hands. Yes, The good news today is that God is working in his world toward righteousness and justice. He is sovereign Lord above the nations, and we may trust in him and hope in him. Let's pray. Mighty and loving God, thank you for the good news that you are on your throne. Deliver us from false hope and teach us daily more about finding our hope and our trust in you. This we pray through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I want to thank you for joining us for worship today. Uh, I remind you once again that it's your faithful giving online or checks mailed in that make possible the Continued Ministries of First Baptist Church. And as I mentioned a a short time ago, summertime is actually a time when we're engaging in some really important uh, summer ministries in our community. Uh, For one thing, this week our youth are launching their modified summer youth mission trip. They're staying here in Jefferson City in a project called Love Your Neighbor. There are 46 youth and 19 adults who will be working this week on 11 projects in our community. So your faithful giving makes possible that outreach of love and service. Habitat for Humanity is doing some building. The building blitz uh, in response to the May 2019 tornado. Our church is taking part in that. And we're grateful, again, faithful giving is making possible uh, those building projects. And finally... Vacation Bible School, even though the children can't gather in the building, uh, families have signed up and registered, and those who have uh, now have received material so that during these summer weeks, the entire family can go on adventures and have a great Bible learning experience together. So thank you again, Faithful Giving, making possible our passion to touch our community with the life of Christ. I also want to take a moment and thank you for taking part in our survey. Uh, We emailed you a survey uh, about moving into phase three and many of you responded. We are still working our way uh, through the results of that and looking at all of the responses. Thank you for doing that. I will say to you that I had thought we would have a specific date in mind to announce reopening or phase three, a modified worship experience in our sanctuary, but we're going to wait. Uh, As you know, there have been uh, new cases uh, discovered, and there's been a spike uh, in incidents of COVID-19, and we are being very cautious. We thank you for your patience. We will continue online worship, and we will make an announcement about moving into phase three just as soon as we possibly can, but we are concerned about your safety and about us being good neighbors and waiting until the right time. And speaking of that, Dr. Steve Witt, uh, one of our own here at First Baptist Church, uh, has some good words for us about practicing safety protocols that we might uh, take care of our own health and the health of those around us. Watch and listen to this. God bless you and have a great day.
1: Hello, church family and friends. My name is Steve Witt. I've been a member here for about 14 years. My wife and my kids and I really miss church. Uh, I know you do too. Melissa and Doyle and Rod have been working with me and other authorities. I'm an infectious disease specialist at the University of Missouri uh, on figuring out how to get us all back here safely. I don't know when that's gonna be, but when we do, there's a few things that will be really helpful. The face mask thing really works. Uh, As much as I don't like them, as much as I'm sure you don't like them, I'm sure you all heard the story about the two infected hairdressers in Springfield uh, who worked all day while they had COVID. Well, they also wore a mask all day and actually they didn't infect anybody. So we are gonna be encouraging people to wear masks. We need to spread out. You gotta be six feet apart or more. If you can stay apart, the masks aren't necessary. Uh, but it's hard for people to stay apart. That's really one of the keys. We're gonna wash our hands frequently. There's gonna be hand-pumping sanitizer stuff everywhere. And we can't shake hands, we can't be hugging, okay? We're not gonna be close to one another. And anything that causes us to spray spit, like singing, uh, we're not gonna be doing that. I know we'll miss it, it's one of my favorite things, but we can't do it. Lastly, I'd like to tell you, This COVID thing is really serious. Uh, We've had deaths. I've taken care of patients myself uh, who have died with COVID. If you're 65 or older, if you have heart, lung, kidney, liver disease uh, to begin with, you're at increased risk. There's just no two ways about it. And lastly, I'd like to close with uh, just a few things about when we need church most uh, is the time when it's hardest, hardest for us to get it. I cannot wait for us to get back together in person. I'm so thrilled with what the church leadership has done so far to make it a church available to us and our children by video. But I look forward to seeing you all soon in person, even if we're all six feet away. I love you. I'm thinking about you. Thank you very much for all of your support and what you've done for our church. Bye-bye.